It's God Conversations with Tanya Harris. During my time in church life, I've heard some pretty interesting prophecies. Some of them have been couched in King James language. Some have been so vague in their content that they count for little. But I've also received some breathtakingly accurate prophetic words that are unmistakably from God. Prophecy is when we hear God's voice on behalf of another person. We become like a messenger for God. But how do we prophesy? Can we all hear God's voice for other people? And how do we improve our ability to prophesy clearly? Hi, and welcome to the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, practical theologian, author, and the founding director of God Conversations, a ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Well, on the show today, we're going to answer all those questions about prophecy and a whole lot more. And to do that, I've brought into the studio an expert, pastor, and friend, Roma Waterman. So let me introduce you to her. Roma is a bit of an unusual mix of ministries. Well, I think so. (laughs) She's been one of Australia's foremost Christian artists for over 20 years. In fact, that's the way I remember her from the early days, traveling around with her guitar and her beautiful singing voice. But she's also a recognized prophet in Australia and around the world. And she combines her two passions to lead worship and teaching on the prophetic, worship leading and songwriting. Her passion is to release heaven's song over the nations and to teach Mm -hmm. others to do the same. Welcome to the show, Roma. It's so great to have you here. Oh, it's such an honour. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tanya. It's always great to chat with you. I remember the first time I came into contact with you personally. I don't know if you remember that. It would have been about oh, seven or eight years ago. We were at yes. a small conference together. We yes. were both speaking at the conference. And I remember in the first meeting you were up and we were singing and then we had this moment of just Roma coming to the front. And <laughs> um, I remember thinking, our Holy Spirit said to me, she's about to prophesy over you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> freak me out. And then she, and then you started singing over me and you sung this oh, wow. beautiful prophecy that was, was quite pivotal because I'd just been wow. changing a bit of a, having a bit of a seasonal shift. And it was, it was beautiful because it was accurate, but it was also quite poetic. And, and you oh, sang it. Wow. how did you do that? You prophesied oh, and you wow. sung at the same time. <laughs> That's That's I, do, I remember us meeting, but I don't remember that. And I, you, you've probably had this happen to you before. People go, you remember when you said that to me and you're like, no, because <laughs> God just kind of moves through you in the moment. But it just blesses my heart to hear that because um, it's always a step of faith, isn't it, when you step out to do and speak what the Lord wants you to speak. And really when you say how do you do that, I think God works best in your gifting. Yeah, It's actually where it works best is that you have these natural gifts. Some people are poets and they prophesy through poetry. Some people are songwriters. Some people are singers. It just work. It just feels like home when I put the two together. And so it means the world to me to hear that it blessed you because I always still get jitters. I always get the, yeah. okay, here we go. Let's hope that 
you know, I don't mess up my words and just, oh, it's you know, such it's a, ebb and flow of faith, really. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful combination of giftings as well. Oh, it is. But um, so tell us about what you do today, Roma. And um, I know that you run a prophetic school. That's probably one of the main yes. things that you do and you still travel and sing and prophesy. Um Tell us a little bit about the Roma Waterman story and how you got here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I do. I run an online school um, in addition to my worship leading and songwriting and things like that. And really it's become the focus of our ministry. It, it, it That's a whole story in itself, but it exploded. And so we've got thousands of students around the world doing one of our courses, but really the jewel in my heart of the school is a yearly mentoring program that we run called Heart Song Prophetic Alliance, where we teach people not just to be prophets. It's very, I, I love what you do. It resonates with me because we're doing that in the form of an online school. It's teaching people to hear from God and then speak his words uh, as a spirit of prophecy within us, which is what the book of Revelation talks about. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So that means everybody has the spirit of prophecy if they have a testimony of Jesus, which is very different to being just a prophet, but everyone should be able to have that spirit of prophecy. So um, it kind of all started for me. It's a bit of a funny story. So I didn't recognize that I was prophetic. I just thought it was normal to dream and have experiences. Um, so I, I'm probably a little bit mystical. You know, I, I am one of those prophetic people that dreams almost every night. Uh, you know, I'll have visions on occasion. And I love that that's the way the Lord speaks to me. He most likely does it he most likely I dream because he can't get a word in during the day. But, um, <laughs> you know, prophets come in different shapes and sizes, but that's the way that he ministers to me. But I didn't know that that was a prophetic gift. So I was doing my thing, writing songs, touring, and I took on a worship pastor role in our local church and we had this amazing prophetic ministry come by the name of Graham Cook. I don't know if you've heard of yes, him. but I do. Uh, He's been very pivotal in my walk as a prophetic person. So um, I still remember he sent an email to my pastor saying on the Friday night of this service, I want Roma and I are going to, I'm going to release a prophetic word and I want Roma on the stage with me. We're going to do some stuff together. And I remember seeing this email from my pastor and fear just coming up in my heart because before this, firstly, I'd never seen anyone I'd never even heard of spontaneous prophetic worship, honest truth. This is going back 10 years ago. I didn't know anybody in Australia who was even doing it. I had no role model. It's really big now, but 10 years ago they were. it was happening, but it wasn't as noticeable, you know, um, in the mainstream church circles. So I'm like, okay, what does this mean? So I emailed him countless times to say, Looking forward to seeing you. What do you mean? <laughs> Trying to organise everything. Yes. And he would write back like a good dad. He'd go, great to hear from you. Can't wait. We'll see you in a few weeks. And there'd be just nothing. And so I'm getting more and more nervous. It gets to the night, gets to the Friday night of this conference. He still hasn't said anything. And so I get up to lead worship with the worship team, thinking in my head, is he going to stop me in the middle? Like what is going to happen? 
I lead worship. We have a beautiful time of worship. And then they introduce him. They go, would you welcome Graham Cook? And I think to myself, he must have changed his mind because he hasn't spoken to me. So the congregation stands up, claps to welcome him on the platform. And as he's coming up, me and the worship team are coming down and I walk past him. So everyone's clapping and he's thank you, thank you. And he walks past me and he grabs my hand and he leans over and whispers in my ear while they're clapping. And he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I'm just like, no, no, what are you doing this to? I just feel like I'm honest. I'm not exaggerating. I felt fear. I felt panic. And he said, I want you to go to the keyboard and I'm going to release a prophetic word that the Lord's given me. And every time I feel led by the Lord to stop, I'm going to pause, turn around and look at you. And I want you to sing something prophetically. Now, if you said that to me now, that's the most natural thing in the world for me to do. But I had never done this ever so I can't have an argument because the congregation's clapping waiting for I can't say anything I just had to go okay so I went to the keyboard and I'm like oh this is horrible this is going to be the biggest mess in the world as soon as I put my hands on the keyboard the only way I can explain it is I felt like a new mantle from heaven just dropped on me and as soon as he started to speak my mind just got flooded with words and melodies. And just when I would have something formed in my mind, he would turn around, he would look at me and I would sing that out. And that happened for two and a half hours. And I just could not believe it. I remember the, I remember during the night going, I cannot believe this is happening. This is the only way I know how to explain it was it felt like putting, taking off my six inch heels and putting a pair of slippers, comfortable slippers on. I went, this is what I'm born for is the prophetic song. And I'll still, I'll finish my story with this at the end of the service. Graham Cook came up to me, gave me a hug and he said, Roma, you did good well done, like a really good dad. And he just said, I didn't want to tell you what we're going to do because I knew you'd try to control everything. So I thought, (laughs) oh my God. So I thought I'd just leave the Lord to just work on your heart. And he was so very right because I would have, I would have thought of melodies and lines and what is God going to say? And I wouldn't have been in the moment. So it was, that's really where it started for me. Amazing. How intimidating. Oh my it gosh. Was. Oh my it god. It really was. <laughs> oh no. I'm forever thankful. I'm thankful though because it just it really was like feeling a new mantle. And it was like, you know, there's some things in our life. We're all called, we're all appointed, we're all anointed to something, right? Mm. But there's certain seasons in life that haven't happened yet because they weren't the right time. And I just felt like God just went now. Yes. And it was a big lesson in understanding that, that you can yearn for things and go, when is this dot, dot, dot going to happen? Sometimes it's just the timings and the seasons of God. So it was a good lesson in that as well. And I love what you said about putting on a pair of slippers as opposed to six yeah inch heels. It's so true, isn't it? When you find that niche that God has called you to, and that includes the expression of your spirituality, because that expression, your, that expression for you is very different for others, but the spirit can still move in different ways. But I love that you um, demonstrate that so beautifully and that reliance on the Holy Spirit and your creative gifting. It's just really quite profound. I think that's what I experienced that time that I met you. And I can still, I can still remember the experience of it. I'm glad God gave me a heads up as well, because I I think I 
would have been a little bit. You would have been like, what is this? I'm like the last person to pick up on what's going on around oh. me. I'm so busy thinking. And, um, but, yes. uh, you know, the beautiful thing is coming to terms with how God made you. And yes. I think that's what I love about how your gifting has developed. Um, as well, but thank you. you. You say you run an online school for the prophetic and for those yes. with a gift of prophecy and for people who may call themselves prophets. But yes, let's start at the beginning a little bit. Well, how do you how do you describe prophecy, and then how do you teach people to prophesy? It's great, great question. Well, I think firstly it's important to decipher the difference, you know, between the gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet. They're two different things. And so I actually um, have like a little graph that I put together one day because I'm like, what is the difference, Lord? And, you know, it's very, in simplified terms, the gift of prophecy is everyone should have it. Everyone should, according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, verse 5, you know, it says, we de- I desire that you all should prophesy, not just the prophets. It doesn't say that. But to be a prophet, God chooses that. It's not like you go, I'm going to be a prophet. It's just your call. It's part of what you were born for. It's very, very different. And, you know, um, the gift of prophecy should always, according to that scripture, be to edify, to exhort and to comfort, which unfortunately people haven't always done that. They haven't done that very well, which is also why prophecy and prophets get a little bit of a bad name because they haven't really understood the grace of New Testament prophecy. So the gift of prophecy is to edify, exhort and comfort, but a prophet will do that. But in addition to those things, they also have a gift to train, to equip, to direct, to correct, to warn and govern in a, in a grace-filled way. Um, the gift of prophecy is a gift according to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 10. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. But then if you go to Ephesians 4, it talks about it not just being a gift but a calling. It's part of the fivefold ministry. So there's some simple ways that you can determine um, whether you, like, am I a prophet? People say to me, am I a prophet? And I'm like, well, some of the ways that you can discern whether you are is, is it, you know, like a simple way that Chris Bellaton puts it, for example, is that prophetic ability is a gift, but the prophet himself is the gift. It's just like you don't, you you, you might be a, uh, a children's pastor, for example, and sometimes prophesy. You might just feel, feel led to prophesy, whereas mm-hmm. a prophet everything is prophetic, you know, like I'll go for a walk down the street and someone will drop their coffee in front of me and I'll go, what does that mean? That means something. <laughs> what is God trying to say? I was in a cafe the other day and I was getting ready to um, prepare a message to preach. And I was like, Lord, what do you want to want me to say? And I look up and I see one of those little Italian coffee cups sitting on yes. the shelf and I'm like, what does this mean? And he gave me a whole download of what the prophetic ministry looks like, which is for another day in in that little Italian espresso machine. So the prophet themselves, you just lead with prophecy. Everything is a prophetic word. Every The way you live your life is a prophetic word, whereas the gift of prophecy is something that sort of bubbles up on the inside of you um, on different occasions. So you know, I think it's important to discern those two things, 
But the bottom line is, regardless of whether it's the gift of prophecy or you are called to be a prophet, we are meant to be building the church. We are meant to be exhorting, lifting up. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make as prophetic people is we think that means foretelling the future. And that is just a portion I, well, the thing, I, it's it's a funny thing. I think because we've associated prophecy with you know, like the fortune teller with the crystal ball, yes, that looks at the future and reads your palms or reads the cards, and and I think that whole secular idea has come into the meaning yes. of the word. I mentioned earlier that we were talking about prophecy is just hearing God's voice for another person. Yeah, it's perfect. With hearing God first and then speaking it out for somebody else. So, whether it's speaking about the future or the present or whatever it's speaking about, it's God's revelation for that moment. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, you've explained that so well. Yeah, we've kind of mixed it up, haven't we? We've got this idea. We have. And I I think, too, um, you know, it's interesting that whole idea that you've raised about the future. Um, I was reading some work on this in the first century at the time of the Bible and the Greeks had divination. They wanted to read the future as well and they had lots of means Mm. of doing that. But for them, the future was fated. It was like fate. And you could find out, am I going to have another child? Am I going to be successful in this job or whatever? But the Hebrew idea was that God's communication was for the purpose of relationship and it involved interaction. So when God spoke about the future, it invited us to the possibility of partnering with God in the outworking of that future, which is very different to fate because there's two people involved. So it's a a beautiful way of thinking about it rather than... What's God saying about my future? Yeah. And, I mean, of course it does encapsulate that, you know, like a prophet can say, I saw this, saw that, but it's such a small portion, isn't it? It really is just God simply being revealed in the moment yes, at the right time. And I love what you brought up about the whole Jewish, uh, the the Jewish paradigm of how they saw the prophetic because I've been thinking a lot about that when, the you know, Jesus is our greatest model of a prophet, if we be honest. Like people go, how do I, how do I be like a prophet? I'm like, just look at Jesus. He's the perfect example. He's actually our prophetic model. But some very interesting things about the life of Jesus that I think we overlook and the, And one thing is in Jewish culture, which you would know, is that when people heard a message or they read the scripture and when they were even listening to Jesus speak, they were not doing what we do today. They weren't going, how does this affect me? What Mm -hmm. does it mean for me? What is the prophetic word for me? It was all about their family and community. How does this affect my community? How does this affect the place in which I live? And I think there is something incredibly powerful about this idea when we look at it through the lens of prophecy or prophetic gifts is that it can't just be about us. It can't just be about I'm getting a word and that's going to make me feel better and show me my future. It's actually about how does what God's saying to me affect my community and the people around me. And I think that when we change that uh, foundation, it changes the way that we serve through the prophetic in beautiful ways, grace-filled ways. Yes, absolutely. 
I love that, Roma, so much wisdom coming out of your mouth right now. And uh, loving the conversation about prophecy and the gift of prophecy. We're going to be back in just a moment. We're going to talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of how to prophesy. I don't know if we can all sing like Roma. I certainly can't, (laughs) but I'm looking for some gold nuggets in the next segment. We'll talk to you soon. Did you know that dreams and visions are the most common way God spoke in biblical history? And God still speaks in this powerful and creative way today. Of course, not every dream is from God. So how do we know when it is? And how do we understand the strange scenes that appear in our dreams? The globally renowned God Dreams online course answers these questions and more. It includes six teaching videos, a downloadable study guide and interaction with the God Conversations team. We've kept the price super low to make it accessible to everyone. Be equipped to hear God's voice in dreams and visions. Register today at godconversations.com forward slash courses. Well, welcome back to God Conversations. We're talking with pastor and prophet Roma Waterman, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. We're talking about prophecy, that ability to hear God's voice on behalf of another person. Roma is known for an incredible international online school for developing prophetic people, as well as a ministry that has taken her across the globe. And she's also just a really nice person who is <laughs> who can sing much better than I. Um, but, but Roma, we're talking about how to prophesy. So give me a blow by blow. How do we do it? I pretend <laughs> that I'm a brand new Christian. I've just made a decision to follow Jesus. And, you know, I've heard about this teaching in Acts chapter two, that when the spirit came on everyone that sons and daughters can prophesy young and old can have dreams and visions. In other words, I can hear from God and I can speak out what God has said. How do I do it? Oh, that's such a great question. So let's try and do it in a nutshell. We spend a whole year talking about this stuff, but I'll share some things that I feel the Lord's putting on my heart right now. Firstly, I'm going to share some practical things, but then I want to share some framework around it. Let's see if I can do that in five minutes. Um, So I think one of the things we have to realise is that Old Testament prophecy or Old Testament prophets are very different to New Testament prophets. And that's because the Holy Spirit lives within us now. Um, Another way we could explain it is um, that the Old Testament prophets, it was generally for the judgment of sin because Uh, they were the only ones receiving the words from God. So they received the word of the Lord and then they would say it to the people that needed to repent of their sins. But now prophecy is about giving grace to the people, even those that don't deserve it. So instead of receiving a word, we're perceiving the word and everybody can do that because the Holy Spirit's within them. So um, I think it's really important to understand that and that when we release prophetic words, we say this to everyone, we say, unless you are actually a recognized prophet, don't be going around saying, this is going to happen to you. Be careful of this. Be careful of that. Because I think that's, that goes into like, we were talking before, we're not clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. And everybody can perceive the word of the Lord for themselves. So really, firstly, our goal as prophetic people is to help other people be prophetic people. It's The days are gone where it's the one person on a platform that hears the word of the Lord and everybody else has to figure it out for themselves. Everybody should be a prophetic people. The, you know, Revelations 19.10, the testimony of Jesus, if you have it, 
is the spirit of prophecy. But there's some there's some practical things that you can do. So how do you deliver a word properly, and how do you receive a word? So how to deliver a word? Well, it's gotta ha- it's gotta be what one Corinthians talks about. It's gotta edify, exhort, and uplift. Now you might be seeing things that aren't those things. You might see something on a person and go, oh. So when you say see something on a person, unpack that for us. Yeah, that's good. I should, yes. So if (laughs) I see, okay, so if I see over somebody that they're struggling with depression, I'm not going to go up to them and say uh, you need to get that depression out of your life. I'm going to say, you know what, when I look at you, I see the smile of God on your life. I see him lifting you out of the pit. I see him bringing you to a place where you're going to have joy once again. Graham Cook would call it fighting in the opposite spirit. So we're actually speaking something that builds them up and doesn't make them feel worse about themselves. And that is really important because you've probably had this, I've had this, where prophetic words were given and they were horrible and it takes years to have of counselling <laughs> to get over it, right? So receive, receiving and giving words that are full of life and hope are really important. One of the things we say is making sure that our mouth matches how we receive the revelation from God. So, for example, I might have somebody say, someone might say, God showed me this or uh, I had a vision of this, but they didn't really mean that. They didn't have a vision. Like I think it's important that we use our words properly. A vision is when your eyes are open and you see an angel come into the room or whatever, right? Did you really have a vision? Maybe it was I I saw a picture in my mind and I feel like when we change our language like this, we give weight to the word and we're honoring the word that's been given to us. So making our mouth match how we've received the revelation. So it might be the Lord showed me this in a picture. It might be I perceived this or I sensed this or I felt this or um, in my spirit I heard these words when I prayed for you, those kind of things. I think we need to be accurate with our words and prophecy. So if we don't have the whole picture, don't give it. Like I've had people go, um, Roma, I had this dream and you were walking through the forest and this is an example, walking through the forest and this tree fell on you What? and that's it. Oh. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you, don't what? do that. Like, you don't have, need to say it needs, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like giving somebody a book without the last that's chapter, horrible. you know. Yeah. So wise prophetic ministry is when we discern what the Lord's trying to say and we give the conclusion. So we go, and this is what I sense the Lord saying. This is what I think that he means. How? Let's go back to how do you normally receive a prophetic word for someone? When you say you see something on them, what what exactly, how is that received? Again, coming back to a beginning person who's not experienced prophecy um, themselves, how, what should they expect to feel or sense? Great question. How does I that think come that everybody, we're, we're so different. We learn differently, but we also receive differently. So for me, I'm a seer. I'll dream. I, I see pictures when I pray for people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the predominant way. When I, when I minister, I'll say, I saw this or I sensed this. I'm a feeler. But for some people, the, the way the Lord speaks to them best is through the written word. So they might have, and obviously everything needs to have the theological foundation of the word of God. And being a seer, 
is actually scriptural. That's a whole other training, but that's in the Bible and and you, you can actually receive the prophetic that way. But some people it might be when I prayed for you, the Lord gave me this scripture. Um, it could be that they're hearers. I heard this sound. Uh, it could be a feeling. I sensed this. Mm, so yeah. part of our training to be accurate prophetic ministers is to understand the way the Lord speaks best. It doesn't mean he won't speak to you in different ways, but we will have a a predominant spiritual sense. And it's learning not to copy the prophet that we see, that we admire and going, oh, well, I'm not like that. And understanding that the Lord will speak through you in the way that you perceive the best way. Does that explain that question? I really like that, uh, Roma, because I think it's, it, it's simple in lots of ways and we don't have to embellish mm. it and just to be yourself. And for some people that might mean getting a single word or a single yes. image. I remember um, someone in our prayer team recently was praying for me and she saw an image of a clock and, and I was in the middle of the clock and my arms were the hands of the clock and she really didn't know what that meant but she just told me about it and she yes. kind of gave a bit of an interpretation but I said, you don't need to because I know exactly what That's wonderful. that is. And But it doesn't have to come embellished in thus saith the Lord with a, you know, a big long paragraph. It, it can just be I yes. was praying for you and in my mind's eye I saw this and or, yes. or I I had a I had a thought from scripture. This 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 verse came to mind, or this idea. It's perfect. And that it can it could be one sentence, but if it's from God, then the word of the Lord has power, and therefore so does. it's enough, isn't it? But perhaps yes. many of us have seen the elaborate, you know, presentation of prophecy, and that's mm. valid too. But yes, we don't all have to emulate that it can be simple we I love that you said that because one of the things that's profound to me is that a majority of the of prophetic ministry throughout scripture if you actually look at the way the prophets were raised um so for example use Samuel as an example so he comes under the um the tuition of Eli the priest where's the first time that Samuel hears the voice of the Lord it wasn't in the temple it was in a home yes Yes, that's very And, true. you know, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, it wasn't on a platform, it was in small groups. And I think what we often do is we think, I can't be a prophet or I can't be prophetic because I don't have a platform. Such a lie. Because actually the foundations of prophetic ministry was done in small groups. It came from the home. It was in relationship, doing it in relationship. And I think when people get free from that, I feel like that prophetic, um, the prophetic just explodes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was um, in a church in the weekend and we did a little activity. So we got into groups of three and there was a young girl that hadn't been to church for a while. She wasn't really a churchgoer. She just decided to come. And these two people prayed for her and one of them got the word healing. And that was part of the activity. They just had to pray for each other without having a conversation about it beforehand. And they prayed for healing. And the testimony goes, this this young girl had um, major not really an allergy, but just this major reaction to certain types of foods and she wasn't eating and there was just a whole lot of emotional issues around that. And she went home and the next day she woke up and it was gone. 
I mean, oh, just wow. it was such a powerful little testimony and it came oh, from one word. Someone who was beautiful. praying and said, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to do? Is there anything you want to say? And that, oh. that's as simple as that, isn't it? Like I just love that. You know, I love that because I feel like crying when you tell me that story because yeah. um, God is so kind and so beautiful and it is really that simple. Like even us, you know, when I started the online school, I honestly it came out of a time of heartbreak for me because I was touring all the time. It was a transition of change in my ministry. I was touring, I was singing, I, I had my kids and I really didn't want to travel anymore. And to be honest, I'm a bit of an introvert. So being on a stage every night, I, it actually was exhausting for me. I find right? that hard to believe. <laughs> I'm, really I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm what they call an ambivert, which means. I'm one of I'm, those. <laughs> yeah, I, I love being I with like people. It. Yes. And then I'm like, go away, everybody. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> But I, um, I was like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. And we'd been in missions ministry, living by faith for so long, like just not knowing when the next bout of income was going to come. I remember saying to my husband, I'm just so fed up. Maybe I should just go and work at the local TAFE and just teach music business or something, you know. And um, he said, well, just pray about it. And I was I this is a, an example of the prophetic being downloaded. I just did what you said. I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Give me an idea. Like I love in Jeremiah 33, this is such a powerful scripture. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you did not know. I mean, it's as simple as that. Call to him and go, God, give me an idea. Show me something that you don't know. And I heard this little voice go, have you thought about creating online courses? And then as spiritual as I am, I went, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I, I know how to play and sing. That is it. I don't know how to record. I don't know about all that stuff. And I felt like the Lord just like put his hands up and went, you asked my opinion. I gave you my answer. And I, he kind of went I have a few to, days. I, I giggle when <laughs> I hear that because that's the way I learned to know what God's voice sounds like. Because I mm. would hear something and my first thought would be, that's not God. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> because I would reject it straight up because it wasn't, yes. my, it wasn't my idea. It was It's so not alien. in your paradigm. Correct. I'm like, oh, yeah. that can't be. Oh, it makes me laugh. And with, and we, we give him all the excuses, you know. I don't know the tech. I've not done any of that. But, you know, I kept leaning in and then the idea got better and better and I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like, and then everything was amazing. It was hard. I had my head on it. I didn't even have a desk in those days. I didn't have an office. I just had my head on the kitchen table with my little laptop going, I do not understand how to do this. And I cried a few times. But then I released that first course and honestly, the favour of God was on, it exploded. We had, so now we've got 30,000 students from all over the world. It's ridiculous. And I am, it's not because I was smart. I'm being honest. It's just because I woke up one day and said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? And so now when people say, how do you grow in the prophetic? Sure, we learn the skills. Sure, we understand the theological foundations. Of course, we do that. Of course, we want to build prophetic community. But step number one is just wake up in the morning, go, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? It's as simple yeah, as that. I love that. That's beautiful. And then perhaps as we're praying for other people as well, to be open to what the Spirit is saying for them and to expect that. 
as part of our yes. normal practice. Yes. And that's prophecy, yes. isn't it? I think I think this is where confusion does come because Acts chapter mm. 2 talks about sons and daughters can prophesy and hear from God in the same way as mm. the old covenant prophets. But then you kind of get these specialist, high-powered giftings. Um, yes. That that are for people in the church for equipping and training for the church to grow. And I think um, we can recognise different roles within the church, but everyone has access to that prophetic spirit of God that was given to us at Pentecost. So, Yes, amen. And that's what building prophetic community means is everybody has a voice, everything has something to say, and, you know, we have to, we have, if, if we don't have that, we have to change the culture. We have to have a culture where it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to test it out. You know, one of the things that we talk about in our school is how do you receive a prophetic word, not just give it, but what you do when someone gives you, gives you a word and it doesn't make any sense or you're like, that is so off the mark. So we even talk about I mean, the way we build prophetic community is through grace. So if someone gave me a prophetic word and it didn't make any sense or I'm just like, that's not from the Lord, I wouldn't go, that's ridiculous, what are you talking about? I would go, thank you so much for that word. I appreciate that you were brave enough to share that with me. I'm just going to take that to the Lord and ponder it. And then if they openly and honestly, because we teach this in our culture, if they go, does it resonate with you? So we, we say, ask the person that. And if they go, look, we would say, look, it doesn't right now, but I'm going to put it on the shelf. So there's just grace coming from everywhere yeah. because we're still human, aren't we? And just because yes. you're a prophet, it doesn't mean you're not going to, you're going to get it right every time yeah. either because we, we're human, we're flawed. I think that's so true. I think if we remember that what the Spirit says is consistent with Jesus and who Jesus mm. is and what Jesus said, then yes. as Jesus followers, it just becomes an extension of helping other people follow Jesus. It's that same yes. spirit as you've mentioned many times. Roma, um, I would love to hear as we finish off um, perhaps your best prophetic story. Can you give Ooh. us one to finish? Oh, so much fun. Okay, here's one that I love. So this was in my singing songwriting days I was signed to a a mainstream record label and I was invited to uh to this private dinner in a private dining room with all the who's who right yeah and I you know being the ambivert that I am I actually didn't want to (laughs) go and I remember going oh my goodness this is just going to be horrible and I remember the first hour so I was with um people from all different walks of the entertainment industry there was a heavyweight boxing champion there that I was sitting next to TV presenters and they were all just talking about all the stuff that they were doing and I was sitting there going how did I get to this table and feeling quite bored to be honest so in the end I just went okay God let's change it up a little is there anything you want me to do here is there any way I can bring you to the table and I was sitting next to this heavy uh, middleweight boxing champion I think that's what you call them and the Lord starts talking to me about it I've not given prophetic words very much, so I'm feeling a little nervous. And finally, I just get this idea about his mum, something about his mum. So I turn around and I go, hey, how's your mum doing? It's like completely not related to anything we're talking about. This guy's mouth drops to the floor. He's like, how did you know about my mum? And I, at this point I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. 
<laughs> so I just stepped out in faith and I just said, look, I know that the Lord, it's the Lord, God. Like I, I can hear God and the kindness of God of your family mm. and he wants you to know that your mum's going to be okay. And he starts nearly crying. He's just like, I can't believe you're saying this. And then he goes, everybody, this girl, she just told me about my mum. And then they all just look at me and they're like, sorry, who are you? What do you, oh what do, you do? Gosh, and I don't I, I don't know what to say. I'm like, I, oh, I, yeah, I'm a singer, you know. And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, I, I'm in Christian ministry and I, I sing and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, sing us a song. Go on, sing us a song. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I, the first thing that came to my mind was just sing Amazing Grace. It wasn't even sing a spontaneous song. So I just started to sing Amazing Grace. And they all just sit there in silence and they're just like, it was like it was like this magical song and I'm like, I'm not doing anything here, you know. And so after that night, it, it gave me much more um, much more boldness to speak. So we've done it backstage at television shows, you know, I run the Melbourne Gospel Choir here in Melbourne. So we've been able to prophesy over artists before they've gone on stage. And you know what I love is these people want to hear the voice of God. The only people that think what I just talked about is weird usually are Christians. But these people are just like they they are looking for the anchor of their soul and they don't even realize that they are. Yeah. So that that was it was a wonderful experience to walk out of that going, wow, God used me to heal somebody's heart. It was That's such a beautiful. privilege. What a beautiful story. <laughs> and how fun. random for a middleweight boxer to be sitting next I know. to you. You <laughs> receive really something is. so personal in that moment. You obviously broke, cracked open something at the table. That mm. is profound. Thank you so much, Roma, for sharing today. That's for sharing such a big part of your heart and your expertise. We really are thankful to have you on the show. Perhaps people would like to get in contact with you and learn more about your prophetic school. Where do they go to find you? If they just go to romawaterman.com, there's links there to the online training and to our resources and our books, and we would love them to, to come join our community. You can join our mailing list there and we'll let you know of any prophetic training we're doing and Thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak into your amazing community. Wonderful. It's been great to have you, Roma. And perhaps as we finish, you'd like to just say a prayer for all our listeners, wherever yes. they are. Around I would love to. So if you're listening to this right now, I just have a real sense in my heart that there's many people here who have been discouraged in using their prophetic gift for whatever reason. It might be the community that you're in. It might be that you made a mistake one time or you just don't feel that you're called to the platform. So you've dismissed the prophetic gift on your life. So I just want you to take a deep breath in. And then as you breathe out, I just want you to let go of all those lies because they are lies. And I want to say to you that the Lord is going to heal your heart and he wants to speak through you to bless others and to heal other people's hearts. So, Father, right now I just ask for everybody that's listening that you would pour your presence and your anointing in greater measure over their lives. I know that you're always with us, Lord God, but 
unveil our eyes so that we can have greater revelation of the power of the prophetic for each and every person here, Lord. And, Lord, we just break off lies. We break off any false sentences or words that have been spoken over people here. We break them. And I declare that today will be a new day, a day where fresh manna from heaven, not just once, but ever an ever-flowing stream of your words would come to the hearts of everybody who's listening and it will just, as the word prophet means, to bubble forth, it will bubble forth out of their mouths and that this would just be an incredible uh, unleashing of a new gift over their lives or a gift that has been hidden in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your prophetic gift, the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy and the calling of a prophet, that mantle would just fall on who it needs to right now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just commit that gift to you. You give it to us, but we give it back to you, Lord, and we say use us, use us in any way that you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing to the show on your favorite podcast app. And remember, the Holy Spirit was given so we could all hear God's voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation.